everyone. Welcome to episode 79 of Manage the Wild. I'm Nick Madsen. This morning I was down in southern Utah and we had to change uh, the time we left southern Utah to come back to northern Utah due to the incoming weather. It said we were supposed to receive between 6 and 15 inches up on the benches there, possibly getting 20 inches. So we decided to drive home early and to beat the storm i decided to leave st george at about 1 30 this morning and so we drove all morning we ended up beating the storm it got a little bit delayed so while i was driving down i had a little time to think about the effects that weather have i've talked about it before uh helping out with feeding of elk and different things and i came across a couple of sites that were talking about mule deer feeding and a lot of people during this time of year because there's a high mortality rate in certain areas for mule deer a lot of people have asked uh, the utah division of wildlife as well as other state agencies as uh, and other groups to do a supplemental feeding program for mule deer and we've talked about it before but I came across a study today that was kind of intriguing to me. talks about the effects of winter feeding, and this was done in the area that I live. And it was uh, put out by professors out of Utah State University. And they, what they did is they looked at the deer in the area. And it was it was about 20 years ago, but it was 2003, 2004. They had 20, 22 feed sites. Uh, that they monitored the deer from those 22 feed sites. And then they had 12 sites that uh, they also monitored for deer that they did not feed. And overall, the results came in that supplemental feeding did have an impact on those feed sites. It They were able to um, capture these deer. They uh, also, the ones that had died, they looked at body fat conditions. They they did the live body scores as well as those that had died, and they looked at an overall health. The nutritional value or benefit was, was greater in those in the feed sites than not. But there's a, a little bit of pushback. The challenges that they, they face when they're feeding these animals is, is you're only helping a few animals. You're going to get some animals coming into these feed sites, but all the rest of the hills and the valleys in those areas are going to be populated with deer. I was talking to a, a biologist last week about it, and I asked him, what is the estimated percentage that they believe they feed whenever they do supplemental feeding? And they believe the highest is 10% in that area. So you are only benefiting 10% of those animals and is 10% worth it? That's a, that's a good question. That's up for debate. And I have no problem if people say it's worth it or say it's not worth it. It's just one of those things that you can debate all you want. And ultimately it comes down to you know, the cost benefit. Is it going to be beneficial? Is it going to, are the positives going to outweigh the negatives? But the one thing that was interesting is in this study, they found that by increasing or by using feed stations, that they started noticing that deer were altering the timing of their migration to the from their summer range to the winter range. And the next year, after using a feed site, 
the deer that were on feed sites came back quicker. So they left that high production area, the summer range where there's so much feed, they left it earlier, came to the winter uh, feed sites earlier, and they stayed at those winter feed sites longer, meaning they didn't, when everybody started migrating back to those summer sites, they stayed there longer. And so it altered the timing of migration. And there are pros and cons to that. The challenge that you face is when you start doing these things and you start altering behavior, then it, it's going to put a real, create a real problem for these animals because now they're leaving their summer habitat ranges earlier and expecting feed. But if they have heavily browsed an area because they're staying in those feed sites longer expecting feed, they're going to browse those areas really heavily and they're going to bring down the overall nutritional value and cause some habitat destruction and then over time over the next few years they're it's just going to get worse and worse as they keep coming back to these sites the other thing is they're leaving that high production area of summer range coming into winter range which is not necessarily as good it's lower it maybe hasn't received the same amount of moisture those higher elevations have and so the green feed and forage that they are using is not as good because they have moved. The other thing they noticed is the non-fed deer began spring migration two to three weeks earlier suggesting that these deer were staying longer hoping to be fed and so again there's more degradation they've now browsed down this site as the green up is happening They've browsed it down and there's not much nutrients available, which could put them behind. The other challenge that this uh, study also showed is that there was increased concentration of mule deer for longer periods of time. And when mule deer get together, that's how disease spreads. So you're bringing more animals in and you're keeping them together in bunches for longer, which is obviously going to affect their overall health as well. So there are pros and cons to feeding, and obviously you don't want to get into the habit of changing migration, changing habitat, changing behavior, because that creates some problems down, down the line. And so it'll be interesting as states and fed the federal agencies grapple with these decisions, whether to feed or not to feed, as we lose more and more of that winter habitat as well as summer habitat range due to the growing population of people in second homes, cabins in areas that they haven't been before, road developments, subdivisions, all those things, as well as oil pads and natural gas. All those things are having effect on these populations. So it'll be interesting to see if you're going to see actual winter sites pop up more and more and see what is going to happen with those uh, with those challenges because every time man does something to nature it responds whether we want it to or not there's going to be some driving force that's going to create a situation so it was just uh it was just something i thought about on the way back and this study was very interesting for me all right you guys stay wild have a great day